sure if that worked or not <laughs> oh i liked it I, I was just too tangled in my wire to pay attention it's okay Damn i'm free wires <laughs> free it's like the matrix ah. oh no <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> oh i like your little intro i just uh shawnee surprised me um this week and she wanted to watch um Blade Runner, which oh. I know she likes sci-fi, but that's not one that I figured that she was ever interested in and has never watched it or seems like she wanted to watch it, but she asked to watch it. So we got to see that. Um, I haven't watched it in, I don't know, quite a while. So that was fun. Did she like know. it? Uh, you know what? We were so busy. I didn't even get a chance to like really talk with her about it to see if she liked it. I don't, she seemed like she did while we were watching it. So... <laughs> she didn't throw that's anything a, at the screen. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's a positive. <laughs> uh, so funny. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that was good. And um, I don't know. Uh, we went and uh, I know I'm just dumping a bunch of stuff that I did and not even asking you how your week's been, but I'm going to continue on. <laughs> we, went, we went and saw Billy Idol, which I'm excited about. I thought that was that's a great show. Cool. Yeah, I, I know you're British. He's British. I, I thought you might enjoy that. But then again, I have a feeling Carly has really bad taste in music and probably doesn't like Billy Idol. <laughs> Listen, I like bit of Billy Idol. Do you, do you remember when he was in The Wedding Singer? Mm -hmm. And all them people on the plane got really angry because somebody was rude to Billy Idol. That would be me. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy and be like, oh, yeah, you listen to Billy Idol. Name three songs. Come on, let's have Eyes it. without a face. I, eyes without a oh, yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Face without eyes. without a nose? Face without eyes? That one. <laughs> that, whatever that one is. <laughs> that one. It. White Wedding. Okay. All right. And then ah, something ah, that he would have sang that, on the soundtrack entire, or. That's not entirely correct, wedding. though. It's not just White Wedding. Come on. I'm not. You are you trying this. to trap me into singing it? I'm not. No, 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 no. You just don't have the entire title. Well, people will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. I'm a huge fan. I don't know if you're into this album, but I'm a huge fan of his um, cyberpunk album, which I think came out in like 93 or something like that. And I just think it's amazing. Ooh. It's this huge concept album. And uh, I, th I think it's just fantastic. Didn't play a single freaking song from that album at the concert. Really? So 
irritated the whole time, but he did play like all of his normal hits. Just, he had a couple like pretty big songs off that album, but it's universally like kind of not, um, considered his best album from like most of his fans. Cause they were used to his, you know, classic stuff like white wedding and stuff. And this was like that. I'm Billy Idol's guitar. <laughs> well, his guitar player, I don't know if you know this, but he wrote um, the theme song for uh, Top Gun. Okay, yeah. You're going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> I'll just do it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't good. So if that's the standard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm below that bar. So. <laughs> And then uh, uh, a woman named Meg Myers opened for him, who I'm a big fan of as well. I don't know if you know who that is, but uh, I have no uh, idea. She's amazing. I think uh, check out. She did a. Um, it's relevant now, but when she did the cover of the song, like nobody cared. But um, she did a cover of um, "Running Up the Hill," uh, which is oh. like super popularized now from. Uh, that's uh, hard. Things. I always think it's impressive when people do Kate Bush covers because that's so hard. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, Meg Myers has a kind of Kate Bush voice. Um, so it's like even in the rest of her songs, and I'm pretty sure that's why she kind of gravitated towards that song. But um, she does have those sort of like interesting inflections and range. Um, so I think she's pretty amazing. There's this great song she's got called uh, Jealousy jealous and then like see like the ocean um and then uh desire those are those are all three really great songs but you should check her out if you got time yeah i will i like kate bush so yeah yeah you'll, you'll probably dig her um so yeah that's been my my week and uh what have you been up to i heard you were like uh she's she's straightening the flat is that what she's doing it's, that's my british accent I mean, folks no <laughs> No. <laughs> you call your house no. a flat, right? Isn't don't you call it like everybody no, else call their houses flat? A house. A house? No, really? A house. The damn yeah, movies people lie. Who, people who live in flats live in flats. The hell is a flat? I'm 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 so disillusioned now. Uh, oh, okay. So it would be like an it's apartment. It's like an apartment? Apartment. Okay. Sink. Yeah. I got it. All so right. a house well, broken to four. Yeah. Your house broken? <laughs> No, so. it's like a house broken into four. Oh, a, oh, a so sofa. Like, a, like a flat is like a house broken into four. Yeah, yeah, like an okay. apartment sort of thing. Okay, yeah. got it. I got you. Okay, All right. yeah. Save right. you another you embarrassing moment if you go to the UK. You're welcome. I'm sure I'm gonna have plenty of embarrassing moments if I ever go to the UK. <laughs> it would be so funny. <laughs> I need to try that spotted dick. I saw it in a movie. <laughs> King Ralph can't be I wrong. I could tell you, I could tell you a bunch of stuff that isn't even real as well, and just watch you go and ask for it. That's, that's not funny. Actually, that would be a great YouTube channel. It'd just be you, just like getting pranked. Yeah, that, that would be great. That'd be so fun. I don't have the um, thick skin to deal with that though. I would like, I'd break down crying after the first like episode and go home. <laughs> That's okay. You'd probably get free stuff. So it's fine. It's win-win. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a next project. <laughs> yep. 
So, what did you do? Did you say you bought a couch? Are you sitting on the couch? Okay. No. No. I bought it today. Nice. Oh, today, And I'm really pleased with myself. Yeah, today, today. All right. I just don't have the blankets that I wanted for it, but I'm excited because I measured it with my feet and it fit, (laughs) even though every person in there went, that's not going to (laughs) fit. Guess what? It bloody fit, didn't it? Okay. Hold on a second. Are you telling me that you have 12 inch feet? Uh, no, I walked. Oh, wait, you're in the UK. Yeah. Damn it. What, what do you do in the UK? Like we have feet out here. We do it by feet. Oh, what we have do? like everything. No. Everybody, nobody is on the same like system. <laughs> I still have the 70 year old people going in going, oh yeah, inches, this, that. I don't have a clue. I literally walked my feet in front of the gap. <laughs> so you had no idea I'm what size it was, but you knew no. it was like 15 Carly feet. Yes. Okay. Well, how much was it? Was, how much shop. was it actually? Like how many feet did you have? Carly feet did you actually have? Um, I did three Carly feet. All right. I'm, I'm loving that this is an actual measurement now. It's set in stone. This is. Well, we have a, like feet and inches. So I'm going to go with my feet being the gold standard just because it <laughs> Perfect. Did so you say I did stone? Three. What's stone standard. mean? Stone oh, means um, standard? Stone, pounds, inches, feet. There's loads of oh, wait. stuff. Nobody knows. Wait, wait, wait. So stone so is stone the equivalent to like a pound or is it more or what is it? I have no idea. Like like Bush's first album was called 16 Stone. What does that mean? I don't know. Stone is like a weight, isn't it? I think so. You're you're in the UK, isn't that a UK unless, thing? Unless unless it's a stone's throw. Stone <laughs> This is why we buy. This is why we are so chaotic in the UK. Nobody is on the same page for anything. Driving on the wrong side of the road, don't know measurements, using curly feet. We don't feet. know measurements. We literally just come in with bits of plastic and go, I need something like this. Help. Well, yay, Robots big. would never, ever take over the UK. They would never take over the UK for the pure fact that none of us know what the hell is going on. We just collectively no. have little bits of knowledge to get through the day. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the country that would confuse robots. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I robot wouldn't happen there. The robots <laughs> would be the ones jumping in the lake. Can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, right. it was three Carly feet and it fitted. Three, car- three Carly feet? Mm-hmm. No, only three of your feet? That's not a couch. It's a chair. No, well, that was the side of it. So I had to get it through oh, the, the side. To out how it was going through the door. Oh, yeah. I got it. That was my okay. mistake last time. I just went Plot in thickness. blind and picked something that I liked. And then gotcha. five people and one window removal later, it got in the house. <laughs> so I thought, I'm not <laughs> doing that. Again. So what the headache? <laughs> I didn't. Guys did. <laughs> <laughs> I was pregnant with Lily. I was just crying, going, My husband's going to kill me. You're going to make it fit. <laughs> like, take out the damn window, make it shut up. <laughs> I can't wait for it to lose 500 pounds. And I thought they were, I think they thought I was going to go into labor. So they were like, fuck it. We've got to get this in. And then my dad stood there behind him going, I want to lift that a bit. Oh, a bit more left. <laughs> oh, that's classic. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. This is why this is such a victory. When it get when it went in, and me and Lily sat on it and just fist pumped. Yes, <laughs> no tape measure. 
Perfect. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Carly feet. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. You know, like Mary Poppins has her own tape measure. <laughs> I'm going to ask one of my feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into tonight's drink. Um, you know, I should have... I should have found this drink for when we did uh, Alex Proyas's Dark City film because okay. th- this drink was actually made after that movie. It was made for that movie. Right? Oh, so, you slipped up that. Yeah, I did. I did. I screwed up, right? So it's called The Dark City. Um, and the name Dark City refers to the 1998 neo-noir sci-fi film Dark City, directed by Alex Proyas, which we previously did a podcast on. Um, which is one of my all-time favorite films. And Carly was kind of like, eh, so-so, ending, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, we don't listen to her. Um, But it also makes a general emotional suggestion of the tone of the drink, um, which suited to the end of a dime, cold night in downtown Vancouver, which I have no idea what that means, but that's what the person that created this says. So um, uh, we'll just go with that. It's suited to the end of a dime. I feel like I want to experience the end of a dime in Vancouver. Yeah, so. right? I mean... I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Is dime... Maybe that's... Uh, uh, you know, end I think what they did is they, they, they typed this incorrectly. I think they wrote dime, but they meant dim cold night in downtown Vancouver. So I'm just going to take the E off there and let's call it a dim cold night in downtown Vancouver. That's probably what it was after. So that makes a little more uh, I mean, sense just though, just right? rewriting <laughs> their intellectual property. But, okay. Right? <laughs> what if it's some really clever thing that we don't get? It could be. I'm from it, the UK and you're not paying attention and it's yeah, actually and you gotta, something really, really clever. If you're in Vancouver, you got to look around on the ground for dimes, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, and once you get to the end of the dime, you know, it becomes Ooh, what, a cold night. What if the end of the dime is the price of the drink? Oh, you, or maybe. Or if that's all you've got in your pocket. Ooh. Maybe end of the dime, it means the end of the uh, the pier, like the pier in Dark City, where they the movie ends with them at the end of the pier, right? I don't get that. Why would a dime be a pier? I thought I have no idea. Pier. Maybe it's like you guys have weird words. Jesus, just roll with it, Carly. <laughs> no. Yeah, we okay. do. That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a pier. You're right. <laughs> I think it's actually probably just dim, <laughs> but we'll go with, we'll go with dime. <laughs> That's what we are right now. <laughs> you folks over in Canada, I think, uh, Carlos, you're up in Canada, right? Uh, is there such a word as dime that means something other than money? Uh, is there is there a term, uh, end of the dime? Uh, does it make sense to say suited to the end of the dime, cold night in downtown Vancouver? Or shall we be more practical and assume it means suited to the end of a dim cold night in downtown Vancouver. Carly says dime. I'm saying dem. We'll just, uh, we'll take it from there. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, they, this is described as an aggressive, dark and viral, 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 V-I-R-I-L-E. I believe it's viral, viral, Fuck it. I thought you were it's trying an aggressive to say dark. visceral. I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's an aggressive dark drink. <clears throat> a closer. It's intended... pretty aggressive. You can't even speak. <laughs> <laughs> a closer intended to finish you off. That's my kind of drink. <laughs> sounds like death in a glass. <laughs> no, it sounds I'm like in. a good time. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> death on a glass. I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> um, all right. So the dark city is... Um, Knob Creek Single Barrel Reserve Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Uh, I don't know what this one is, but it's Fernet Branca. So that's a new one I've never heard of. Um, and Guilfard Merois du Val de Lure. <laughs> okay. We're going to have to post this recipe in the notes because none of these things are familiar to me. None of that made sense. You sounded <laughs> like you would like you were a robot and somebody turned your power off. <gasps> and you just like, yeah, <laughs> What was it a recording issue or do I just not speak well? Maybe both. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> a zest of orange peel. And that's it. Yay. Two things we don't know what they are and two things we kind of know what they are. <laughs> I've heard of an orange bill. That's right. Um, I know that. <laughs> so, okay. So it's 1.5 ounces of Knob Creek, which is just a, a bourbon, um, and 0.5 ounces of Fernet Branca, which don't know what that is. Help us out, folks. Uh, and 0.5 ounces of, here we go, Gifford Maros de Val de Lore. <laughs> And then you top it with a zest of orange peel. So how you make this drink, you combine all the liquid ingredients into a stirring vessel, glass, load to just above liquid height with large ice cubes, scatter with cracked ice cubes. That's interesting. So this one is, you're going to put the liquid in first, then you're going to fill up the glass basically to the height of the liquid, which is funny to me because doesn't the liquid just keep going upwards? Till, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Hey, forget it. Don't worry about what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Put a bunch of ice in there and then you scatter cracked ice on top. Stir it consistently. Cracked ice. Cracked ice. Like, like See, shredded you're ice. You're supposed to smash <laughs> the ice up and then just like put it in like the shards. It, yeah, I think. Well, is that what you, kills you? You use. <laughs> You use large ice cubes and you fill it up and then you use um, like, uh, I don't know a better word other than cracked or shredded or like, um, what do you call it? Like snow is it cone like, ice? Is it like a slush puppy? This sounds like just, a slush Just topped. Puppy just topped on it. <laughs> that's, damn it. That's another great idea. What? Do they make those? <laughs> Oh, it's oh a margarita. God, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's no. a margarita or a daiquiri. <laughs> Seriously, Street did one of his last-minute Christmas shops a few years. He does it every on the 23rd. He always decides uh -huh. nobody has enough presents. I'll go and get some silly stuff. <laughs> he bought Lily a slush puppy machine from oh, God knows so where. Cool. Has never been out the bastard box because the syrup is where they rip you off, pal. I'll tell you that oh, now. I'm yeah, not paying yeah. £15 for syrup. No way, right. Jose. Yeah. <laughs> so we had a cracking idea. We thought, well, what about if we, you know, put some ice in there, <laughs> put a bit of alcohol in there, put a bit of fruit in there. When I was doing my juicing, lo and behold, it's quite fun though. Okay. Now, I've got to point this out for anybody that missed this. Carly will not pay 15, what would you call it, quid? Yeah, I'm not 
pays a secret. For for syrup, but she will pay probably thirty dollars for a bottle of gin. <laughs> who gets the short? Who gets the short end of the stick here, Lily? That's <laughs> who can't different. use her. It's like medicine. <laughs> can't use her present. <laughs> Technically, she didn't tidy your room when she was meant to, and I'm medicating myself. So I watched. We've been through this. I watched diagnosis murder. I'm practically a doctor. That's that's you know <laughs> practically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I used to watch ER as well, so I'm pretty good with the resuscitation shiz as well. So Carly's very good with drama, is what she meant. <laughs> yeah, I just don't do blood. <laughs> if any blood comes out, I no. <laughs> Superficial injuries only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only like concussion. <laughs> Hit your head all you want, but <laughs> second blood comes out, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> like the episode, you know, at the beginning of the Quincy when they're all sitting out. <laughs> on the first one on the floor. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so fill it with ice, scatter some ice chips, ice cracks, <laughs> ice ice snow cone on top. Uh, you stir it consistently <laughs> at a medium pace for 20, ro- 20 rotations. Specific. It's very specific. Fine strain. <laughs> fine strain the contents into a room temperature rocks glass. Fill the glass height with large ice cubes. Zest drinks surface with fresh orange peel. And discard spent peel. They're very specific with this recipe. And and I get I think I think the shaved ice on top is to help make the make it cooler, right? Or actually it probably um um Sorry I can't get past the ice. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny oh I've got a vision of you zesting what are you doing Jason just zesting love and fun I can be a zester <laughs> sorry I'm being real distracted during this drink I can't, can't deal with the uh, instructions <laughs> All right, um, you got <clears throat> Carly Feet and Jason the Zester. <laughs> we can do this. Can do oh it. my god, we sound like Transformers <laughs> or idiots, <laughs> one or the other. Yeah, all that. <laughs> okay, we're almost through this. I swear to God. Yes. <clears throat> Uh, zest the drink surface. I think that just means squeeze some orange peel on top. Get a little of the <laughs> the spray maybe, from maybe the orange it peel. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't maybe, be a maybe good Maybe you've zester. got a full on zest. <laughs> maybe. maybe you need some sort of instrument. <laughs> and yeah, and discard the peel. So there you go. <laughs> that's, the, that's the zested dark city. <laughs> I really truly hope you guys enjoy it. And while you're enjoying that, if you can find the ingredients. <laughs> Check out tonight's trailer. Into the dark city comes the man no woman could call her own. Don't you ever need anybody, Danny? I could make you happy. I know I could. If you only gave me a chance. Paul 
Wallace introduces Charlton Heston in Dark City. In the shadows of the Dark City, a tight-lipped stranger deals out the cards that change the destiny of all these people. Fran, the torch singer, who loved him in spite of herself. That hurt. You're many miles away, Danny. I don't know where I am. Foggy the hoodlum, who hated him but needed his strength. You listen to me, you stupid punk. That's the last time you ever pulled a gun on me. I said a week and I met it. Garvey of Homicide, who knew the stains on his past and the dangers of his future. You killed a man. Why, I don't know. It's got nothing to do with this case. But unless you get hold of yourself, you're going to end up just like all the others. And there was one more, the man whose face nobody saw, consumed with a lust for revenge, tracking him doggedly from the dark city to the bright lights and glittering casinos of Las Vegas. I got your message. He's following me now. Please, Danny, be careful, will you please? Dark City. A motion picture memorable for the power of its bold, dramatic story and the strength of its new dramatic star. Introducing Charlton Heston. Starring Elizabeth Scott, Vivica Lenfors, Dean Yeager, and Don DeFore. In the Hal Wallace production of Dark City. Why don't we take a break and listen to an ad from one of our sponsors? Have you ever found yourself looking at your Netflix homepage and wondering what to watch next? Or have you sat through a movie trailer and were still on the fence about whether or not you wanted to see the film? Join me, Pete Mitchell. And join me, Ethan Hunt, on Films and Stuff, where we recap and review the latest movies and television shows available for you to watch anywhere. We do the hard work of watching a ton of movies and shows so that we can help you figure out what's worth watching. We give our recommendations about whether a film or show is worth watching or not. New episodes of Films and Stuff are released every Monday and are available wherever you get your podcasts or at filmsandstuffpodcast.com. Subscribe now. Films and stuff. There is no substitute. All right, guys, we're back and we're going to keep talking about this film. That was the trailer for the 1950 film Dark City. Dark City is a American film noir crime film starring Charlton Heston in his supposedly Hollywood debut. And it also features Elizabeth Scott, Vivica Lanfors, Dean Yeager, Don DeFore, DeFore, <laughs> Don DeFore, I think, maybe, Foree. Oh, what? Ed Begley, Jack Webb. And Harry Morgan, which Jack Webb and Morgan ended up being in um, 
uh, oh gosh, Dragnet. Right. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but yeah. Oh, I used to like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it was produced by Halby Wallace and directed by William Dieterelli. WD. It was directed by WD. Um, and uh, before we, before I butcher any more words, um, we do have uh, something we need to do. And now it's time for Carly's super famous in a nutshell synopsis. Well, come on, come I asked, in. Yeah. I had three options for this. Oh, okay. Can we hear all three or you okay. just give us the best one? Well, I'm going to give you what I perceive to be the best one. And then I'll okay. tell you the two stupid ones. <laughs> They're very short and sweet. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> See, I feel like every synopsis now has an explanation of the synopsis from when it's about my brain now. That's that's it's, the thing we're doing now. I'm sorry. It's an interesting thing because you get compli- more complicated, but also more simple in your synopsis. Your, your setup no, is this, super complicated, but then your synopsis is like two words. <laughs> yeah, this this is not more than that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it there. Okay, I'm ready. So, number one. Gamblers pick on the wrong sucker in this slick trail of revenge. That goes on for too long. <laughs> okay. That that I mean that works. That that pretty much does sum it up. It is a bit too long, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. My my other one was the hunters become the huntees. Become the hunters. <laughs> Well, whatever. And uh, the predators become the prey. So that's kind of just two that are the same, but with different, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't I think it, it was a success this week with synopsis on in, in a nutshell, if I'm honest. I don't know. Don't be honest, because I thought it worked. <laughs> okay. Then it was awesome. You're welcome. There you go. They're all awesome. That's why we have you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have to explain it and I'd be like... This movie was about like these people that did this stuff and (laughs) this thing happened and I, I'll try to pronounce his name, but no, I won't. And then these other things happened. Somebody died along the way and then it ended and that would be it. So if we didn't have the nutshell (laughs) synopsis segment, it would be awful for one. And nobody would know what the hell's going on for two. And nobody would watch these movies because it, it would sound horrible. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think I make them sound any better if we're being honest. <laughs> I, well, I think that this one is kind of hard to make sound good, but we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, it's funny because... Um, I didn't recognize, I like, I knew Charles and Heston was in this, right? But um, I didn't recognize him. Like, it doesn't, to me, I guess, Planet of the Apes and Soylent Green and, you know, um, those types of films. Like, that's, I guess, when he's older is where I recognize him. So him being this young, I didn't really, like, recognize him until he, like, does his little old growly face <laughs> this eyebrows yeah i was the same you know when i was i when he came on screen because he's like one of the first people to come on screen and i didn't bat an eyelid 
And then he sort mm. of like turned around or something. He did, he did something in particular and went, oh. That's him. He's here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's very like lank, lanky kind of guy. So he, he almost comes off slightly awkward in most of his films. Um, and this one, he spends a lot of time with his hands in his pockets. So that helps him a bit. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> you'll never get away from his like little, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, uh, caveman uh, eyebrow <laughs> stare that he does. He's got a very a lot, don't I? prominent sort of brow glare that he does when he's concerned resting about Resting bitch stuff. face. Maybe he was the, the inventor of resting, of resting bitch, bitch face. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's, no, everybody's overlooked it, but yeah, he started try, that. <laughs> Charlton Heston, it will be go down in the history books as RBF creator. <laughs> yep. And there's a string to his bow. Right. <laughs> so so we start out with this movie with this uh with with this character walking along and then seeing his seeing something, you know, a bunch of cops and stuff raiding like, you know, a place and we learn it's his place of business. He's some sort of bookie thingy. Uh, going on there. I think horse races or I don't know what it is exactly. Um, and then we end up, um, going to like a poker room sort of thing where they're, they're playing cards. And there's one particular character there who ends up wanting some money. And then he comes back the next night and they, uh, he loses a whole bunch of money and, signs over like a check for like five grand to them. And obviously he's distraught about it. And then you find out they've, you know, pretty much took him there. There's, you know, conning the dude and they've taken his money and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, um, he, this, this guy that loses all this money decides to kill himself. And this is sort of like where I, I don't, I don't know why he does that. And this is where the, the movie sort of like goes downhill for me. Like, I don't know why he decides to kill himself over five grand. I know that's a lot of money back then and everything, but um, it just like that, that kind of plot point was odd for me. Did that work for you? Like, did it matter to you? Did, like, did you kind of get the concept why he did that? Was he that scared over what, whatever they do, what's the name? Stanley or not? I, can't I the, to be fair, I, um, it didn't massively it didn't massively stop me from continuing on with the film mm -hmm. but i do understand what you mean because they spent so long sort of setting up his brother and name dropping him like everything that he said in the card games mm -hmm. was about his brother what lunatic he was or how nice he was or just everything and i thought why would you maybe would you not have gone to him first to try and sort the problem out, considering he then spends his entire time killing them all? Yeah, I mean, something. Or trying to kill them all. Um, so I, I can understand, I think maybe because st stuff like that was used purely as a plot device. So mm. maybe it wasn't really orchestrated as well as what it would be now. Right. Um, so you're doing a lot of assuming perhaps right. instead of actually seeing stuff. Um, maybe that's why it didn't take me too much out of it, but I can see, hmm, well, I probably would have just gone to be nutcase brother and 
Well, either you know that I mean? or I mean, just like not kill yourself because it's only five grand. I mean, it's only money. You know? Yeah, some like, people don't think like that. I just, it was I just like. would have gone to the brother. <laughs> it just, I mean, yeah, I think I probably would have too. But it just was like one of those things where it's like, like he killed himself over. I mean, even at that time, sure, it might have been a lot of money, but it doesn't sound like suicide money. <laughs> you know? No. But I, th- I think um, as well, because it happened so quick. Mm-hmm. You didn't even get a chance with this character. You didn't have a clue of anything else that might be going on. He seemed, because he was really nice, wasn't he? He said happy-go-lucky and chatty and funny. Yeah, and it was fine until he lost. There was, there was, <laughs> yeah, there was absolutely nothing. And it just kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe yeah. if they'd have, maybe if they'd have spent a little bit longer and then it had happened, maybe that would have had a bit of a different impact. It's possible, I'm not sure. yeah. It's definitely possible, yeah. So, hey, Carly, why don't we take a break and listen to an ad from one of our sponsors? Picture it. It's 2004. You just put on your orange Fanta-flavored lip smackers, zipped up your low-rise jeans, and are about to ask your mom for a ride to the movie theater to go watch a Cinderella story. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and we are the hosts of Movies That Raised Us. A late 90s and 2000s podcast that dives into your favorite nostalgic movies. We're talking Princess Diaries, The Click, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. We're sick of great movies being ripped to shreds by critics. I firmly believe that Uptown Girls deserves more than a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes. And Jamie Lee Curtis deserved a daytime Emmy for her Activia commercial. We love movies that we can watch over and over again. They make us laugh, make us want to travel the world, and make us grateful that we didn't have a coach dad a la Troy Bolton. So join us for a virtual sleepover every Wednesday where we deep dive into montages, unrealistic expectations, chunky highlights, role models, and the movies that raised us. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. And now back to the show. That's a good point. I think um, I just I don't know. I don't know if that would have helped me for the movie being as as long as it is and you know, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that was, I think the first thing that really kind of took me a little bit out of it, which I guess most people probably wouldn't be a problem, but it just seemed a little, a little much for just losing a bit of money. Like if he lost everything, you know what I mean? Like if this guy, if they showed this guy so obsessed with gambling and so like, putting yeah his house up or his car and like whatever and if they like you know my wife left took the kids lost my job this is all the money in the world that i have you know what i mean like if they really built up like a uh he's got nothing left like there's nothing to live for then it would have made more sense to me like i would have got it but as it is it just like they spent way too much time talking about his crazy brother that it just didn't, I don't know. It was just strange to me, but you know, 
either way, besides that, I, I do enjoy the sort of gambling film occasionally. So I, mm. I did like the as- that aspect of this and that we do end up in Vegas after this guy kills himself, you know, um, uh, Heston's character tries to stick around for a little bit and keeps getting hounded by the cops and whatnot. And he's got this attachment to his girlfriend and he's basically just like ready to up and leave. And he goes to Vegas and starts a new life kind of thing, but trouble follows him. Right. And, um, eventually things kind of come to an awkward head because, uh, you know, everybody shows up there, the cops, the bad guys, the girl, <laughs> like, like, it's almost like, why did we go to Vegas? <laughs> like, <It's a> boy. <laughs> should have just stayed in LA because everybody's going with me, <laughs> you know? Um, See, that's so, you know, that's where I thought that I could have lived without, I could have lived without the Vegas bit. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, was really enjoying it up until he sort of went solo on his own. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I didn't, it didn't help the Like I get the idea of running away, starting the new life thing, but the way that the movie did it didn't really make sense because they're just like, oh yeah, we'll have him leave. And then everybody will just follow him. Well, he's not good at getting away, is he? (laughs) Not really. It just didn't, it just didn't work very well. Um, which is unfortunate because if they had figured out a better way to do that or him to stay in town, you know, whatever it was, wasn't solo, that would have been fine. If it was a little more cat and mouse and it, it stayed in, I don't know, what was it supposed to be LA or Chicago or both, or I don't know, whatever it was. Um, can't remember, but, um, if they made it more cat and mouse there, this guy after him and more about that, um, then the cops hounding him and then. You know, I don't know. It just, it seemed yeah, like it I, I really enjoyed the cat and mouse bit as well. I wish there was a bit more of that. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, you know, the stuff that was in there, just it, that, to me, that should have taken up more of the middle of the movie than what it did. Um, I think mm. they focused too much on other things, but, um, I don't know. It was, it was okay. It was but, kind um, of like an early horror revenge film. Did you not kind of get that? To begin with, like I felt like, oh, this is a bit different. You know, and then it just uh, went off on a tangent. Yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. I didn't pick up on that while I was watching it, but I do totally understand that. And I think had the perspective of the film been a little bit different, um, that could have worked really well as like something sort of similar to uh, the Red House, or you know, where it feels a little more yeah. horrorish. Um, yeah. yeah, I could totally get that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing that I, did, that I didn't like, sounds horrible, but really didn't like the jazz numbers. They were yeah. kind of just dumped and it, they seemed to go on for so long. And they, I just found them distracting. I didn't really, I feel awful saying it, but I, I personally didn't get any benefit from them. And I don't really know what purpose they served. I feel like it was just a thing seen... to do. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's almost like a show-off moment. Mm-hmm. Um, just, considering I we've don't... seen other films where we they've had musicians in and it's kind of, it's fitted in and then they've had the moment and then that's done. But mm-hmm. this was just like, it was like a musical that wasn't a musical. It was only half of a musical. Right. It felt almost like they were trying to copy a bit of like a Bogart, um, uh, Bacall sort of like, thing 
Um, yeah. It just, it just didn't, I don't know. It is just kind of out of nowhere. And it's interesting because in the, it's not a remake at all. It's got nothing to do with this film, but then, you know, obviously the Alex Proyas film, Dark City, um, they have those too, but it, it works in mm. to the story more. Like it, it, it fits even, and they're kept short. Yeah. As to where, like, with yes. this one, it's, they're, like, you're hearing an entire freaking song. <laughs> yeah, it's, Multiple it's times. full songs. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's full songs. So I don't know if they're trying to sell a soundtrack or if she was working on a music career <laughs> or what it was. But, yeah, it was, it was a bit much. Um, and it doesn't and really it, do anything for the characters mm. either. Well, I didn't feel it did. No, I don't think it does either. I, don't, I think it does zero for the character. Like, we, I mean, it gives her a place to have a job. But that doesn't really matter, honestly. No, because you know? we already kind of knew she had a job. So, <laughs> well, I mean, even still, like her job doesn't really matter, and to the plot, you know, other than when she shows up in Vegas, she you know can stay because she has a job. <laughs> but that's yeah, you know, which we've all know. heard about for about twenty-five minutes. Right. So I don't. It just didn't really work. But that's okay. I don't know. The movie has been um, panned by critics, though, as having very poor writing. So I, I get that. Oh, really? It's not like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think it's that the plot itself is bad. And I don't think the acting is bad. And uh, I don't think there's, there's any elements in this that are really bad other than I think this the script um, structure. The, the acts aren't put together well. And um, mm. there isn't enough... I don't think there's like enough plot for the length of the film. Warrant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it almost feels like it could be like on the very short side, like 70, you know, 80 minutes tops instead of almost two hours, which I think is like an hour and 48 or something like that. An hour and 50 minutes, something like that. It's pretty long. Um, and, uh, it just doesn't, it doesn't need that, you know, and especially as short as the ending is. Like oh, the end of the I was film. so disappointed with that. <laughs> right. The showdown was so quick. It was like blinking, you miss it. After yeah, all yeah. that. It reminded it's me two of... Two hours. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. It was a detour, maybe. I can't remember what the other movie was that we watched that had a a, a very quick ending. Um, but uh, it, yeah, that seems to be like it's a, a narrow sort margin. Of, no, not narrow remember. margin. It was... Uh, it had something to do with the car hitchhiking and he's going to yeah i thought it was detour yeah and he goes to court at the end um like a tacked on ending it's really strange (laughs) good movie but it was just like a strange ending but yeah so i felt the same way with this one just about with that uh deforest kelly one oh yeah where they they, yeah he just showed up at court and they were like okay you're free yeah yeah (laughs) that was strange too Um, but, uh, you know, so I really feel like they could have spent more time on crafting the end and less time in the middle with stuff that didn't really matter per se. And then, uh, you know, yeah. give it a little bit more cat and mouse stuff, um, to make it more exciting, really. If you're into Netflix original films... If you appreciate unpretentious movie reviews, and if you're the kind of person who knows that despite our political differences, we can unite over the love of a good movie or the abject loathing of a terrible one, then we might just have the podcast for you. 
really thought we talked about not saying it like that. Like what? Okay. Anyway, the podcast is called Watching Netflix Without You. And to listen, you can visit our website for a list of podcast players, wnwypodcast.com slash subscribe. Seriously, like what? I swear to God. like two films did you feel like that it kind of felt like there was a struggle for for two different sort of narratives so there was the original one that you started with that was quite dark bit of a thriller very quick pace but the dialogue was very snappy mm-hmm. and then it sort of it bit like dust till dawn it sort of changed tact and all of a sudden out of nowhere it became this different all vampires sort of beast <laughs> yeah all of a sudden you know somebody's rising from the dead and but the the dialogue kind of became less engaging as well it wasn't snappy it was oh you know overdone I think you're just imagining Charles Heston like dancing on top of a table in a bikini yeah. holding a snake, right? With a snake. That, that, that's where yeah. this is coming from. Okay, I get it. Yeah. And a mustache. <laughs> and a mustache. And a mustache. That's it. And Tom Selleck's And then it kind of... Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a thing. But now, and then it kind of like evened out towards the end of balancing both aspects but perhaps didn't quite they didn't quite marry up as two things that would work in the same film mm-hmm. if that makes sense so no, when it, does. it evened out to sort of give time to both neither of them kind of gelled mm-hmm. yeah I mean and again that's why I'm like kind of torn on the script wise because I don't necessarily think that the it's a bad plot at all it's just the way it's kind of told or interwoven, like doesn't work, you know, because yeah. I think, I think there is something there that is a good movie. Um, yeah, it's definitely. just not coming across right. Um, and I don't, I don't, yeah. I mean, the director is known, he's done some things that were popular and, and well-received, but this one just wasn't. And I think that's probably why they, you know, critics bash the script over everything else. Um, even Heston, I mean, I don't know. Charlton Heston seems to actually like the movie. He's been quoted as saying it's not a good A movie, but it's a good B movie, which is fine because I don't think there's anything wrong with B movies. Um, cause no, there's definitely terrible B movies, but then there are, there's really good B movies. So I think he gives it a little bit more credit than, you know, it should be, but, um, you know, this is early in his career. That's like his third, um, film even though they report him as this report this as being his first film um he he did do a few things before this um uh, i think probably most notably was uh julius caesar where he played anthony um which funny enough uh later on in the 70s after he had established his career he was also cast again in another uh julius caesar and also played anthony <laughs> i think he's hilarious but i might be the only one <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple great uh like moody foggy night shots though that was that was pretty cool like they did have yeah. some elements of you know noir in there and that works and um i i you know. love the dialogue to begin with you know like uh the scenes where all the phones are ringing and you've got that yeah. little, little guy in there i thought that was brilliant i loved uh like i can't remember i think it might be 
Charlton Hessen's character that says it when he says like, oh, the cops have been there so often it's starting to look like a precinct. And it's just so snappy and just sharp and it was really funny as well. But dark, like sort of dark humour. I've, I've really enjoyed that. And like you say, that was very, it was very moody to begin with. There was a lot of shadows and intrigue and, yeah, you know I, what I, I mean? Yeah, And absolutely. then it kind of went to like a fluffy little house where everything seemed lighter. Yeah. Even even the sets seem lighter. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, there there is some contrasting, which, you know, I don't know if that was um, maybe a directorial thing where they were trying to show the maybe. dark side of the city and then also the, you know, the more um, respectable. So I'm not really sure. Um, That's a good does point, it, actually. Does it necessarily work? Maybe not. You know, at least not for this film. So it's hard hard to really say what the motivation was or whether it's a mistake or maybe there was two different units or maybe the film was shut down and then restarted. Who the I mean, you, you we never know. It, and there's it not does a whole feel lot like of interference, doesn't it? It could it be, feel yeah. Like, there yeah, could be reshoots, like it could be anything. Because hmm. you know, yeah. that's about all I could find on this movie. There wasn't a whole lot of information on this particular film in terms of its production or anything like that, but I did find that they did do some reshoots. Um, on the film, um, but so who knows? That could be those, or oh. who the heck knows? See that that makes you wonder whether the light and bright and Vegas sort of bits were the original, and the reshoots were the darkness, or whether it was the other way around. Maybe, yeah, you never know. Uh-huh. I think that there's um, there's there's so much, especially in the beginning of the movie, that lends itself more to the darker stuff. That maybe that was the intention to begin with, maybe they felt it was too dark because we're also, we're dealing with suicide, which Possibly. You know, wasn't yeah. something that dealt, was dealt with a whole hell of a lot back then. Um, Do you think it would have been a bit taboo to have that as a, a cat that happening to a character at the time? I think it might've been at least uh, depending on how it's depicted or, or shown and which is you know probably why we don't really see a whole lot here. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I would think maybe. Yeah, because there was a lot of film censorship back then. So that mm. could be part of it. You know, um, maybe they needed to lighten it up a bit. Maybe they, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, maybe maybe it was a kind of, you can keep that in, but you have to remove these other elements. It could be, yeah. Compromise, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel like that it's it's uneven at best, you know. But I mean, uh, it's 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 still worth. It's one of those films where I still think it's worth watching. It's got some interesting, fun elements to it. Um, so it's not like I hate the movie or anything. It's just in my opinion. It's not really great. So I don't know. I don't know. So I think um, I think we're probably ready to rate it, Carly. What do you think? I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm interested to see what you're going to give it. To be fair. <laughs> so you have to A go first. Zero. No I'm kidding. <laughs> you would never. You couldn't live with that. <laughs> um, there's only two movies that I've seen that I would give a zero to, but <gasps> really. Oh, yeah. Which ones? Tell us. So uh, <laughs> there's a there's this great little 80s movie called Troll. Um, 
and it's got Sonny Bono in it. And uh, anyway, it's, it's a fun little like stupid horror film, but it's pretty well done. They made a sequel to it called Troll 2 and it's so horrible. <laughs> it's so bad, <laughs> but you know, there's this thing um, in the mid two thousands ish where it was really cool to find really bad movies to be awesome and make them popular. Right. Ah, uh, yes. So that was, I don't know why that was a thing, um, but it, it just was. And everybody's like, oh, it's really funny. It's really cool. It's like, it's so bad. It's good. And I hate, fucking hate that term. Um, but that's the way people are. So, um, <laughs> Enter asylum. <laughs> no, it's so bad. It's bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> whatever. No, silent movies are way better than this. <laughs> really? Wow. That's yeah, a compliment oh yeah. from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's only one Asylum film that I would really rank as being god awful, and that was Intermedio, um, which was, it was so bad. I don't even know what the hell was going on in that movie. And then they were, there's some di- questionable, very questionable dialogue in there that was just, I mean, me and my cousin watched it, and we would just rewind it and play it back. What the hell did he just say? And there's like this one line, it just makes no sense. He says something like, make shit what you don't know. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's like, what the fuck did that mean? <laughs> and it's like burned into my memory now because it's like, we were seriously trying to figure out what the hell this person was saying in this movie. <laughs> I think anyway. it was an AI typing. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, nowadays I, I would believe that. Back then it was just like somebody wrote that. Or this actor chose to say that. The editor chose to keep it in. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> it so, Everybody's assuming that everybody else knows what it means and they don't want to look stupid. <laughs> maybe. I mean, that could be it. Like, there's, there's It's clever several, mind games. Yeah, there's several lines in that movie that are like that. It's just like... Hey everyone, how's it going? My name is Anthony. And my name is Alvin. And we're the hosts of Before and After the Movies. What our podcast is, is a unique spin on the movie review podcast genre. Typically, you'll just hear a review of the movie, but what we actually do is meet up before we see the movie, give our predictions, talk about the movie in general, and some other things about the movie business. Then we go and see the movie. After watching the movie, we meet back up again, record a fresh review, post-show, comparing predictions, and talking about what we thought of the movie. So for you, it's a nice seamless five second transition. For us, it's a dirty five hour work day, but we love every second of it. So check us out on every streaming platform and here's a little taste of what we have to offer. It's time! Okay, out of 10. Three, two, one, eight point five. Family reunion. <laughs> Not as serious, Sandler. This is Goofy Sandler! Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> We'll see you guys in three, two, one. You're listening to the Speakeasy Noir Cast, the show that brings you binge drinking with a side of noir, with your host, Carly Street and Jason D. Morris. Yeah, so Troll 2 is one of them. It's not so bad, it's good. It's just so bad it's bad and that's just thing there's a whole documentary on it if you really want to check it out it's it's awful uh the second one is also a film that's also really bad that's hugely celebrated and that's the room the tommy waisu movie which is so awful i don't know why people celebrate it it's just it's terrible this guy's made a career off of this movie that 
just is terrible. But, you know, whatever. Go on and make something else, man. You know, there's nothing wrong with making a bad movie. It happens, whatever. But, you know, try to make something better, <laughs> you know? So, anyway, those two movies I'd give zeros. And, and I know uh, Doug Wicker's ears are burning right now because I know for a fact he loves The Room. Probably oh, yes. knowing him loves Troll 2. <laughs> there was feedback. Yeah, there was feedback that I recall reading. Yeah. That said, reminds me of the room. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> From the festival? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Folks at home. Oh, yeah. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, um, we also run a film festival called The Dark Fest. Um, and we've just got through the process of um, doing all the judging and uh, of, the, of the films that were submitted. And the festival is going to screen September 17th at the El Campanel Theater in Antioch, California. If you guys are in the area, in Bay Area, come out and check it out on September 17th. It's the Dark Fest. You can uh, find out more at thedarkfest.com if you like. Um, but if you're in the area, come on out. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I saw um, some feedback in one of the films uh, about that too. <laughs> but yeah, it's so awful. Anyway. Those are the two that I would give a zero to. Um, this film, um, I I didn't think it was awful. Like it had things going for it. Like cinematography was good, the acting was good. You know, there was definitely some cool elements in the script and you know stuff like that. But you know, it just the script needed more work. It was almost maybe like a first draft or a, a hacked up script. You know, with too many writers kind of thing. I'm not really sure what the issue was. Um, could just be a culmination of different things, reshoots, uh, who knows who, who really knows at this point, because I couldn't find any information on it, but, um, so it does add a bit to, um, the negative, you know, aspects to it. Um, but I do think it's worth watching. I think it's, it's good enough to watch at least once. Um, and if you're a Charlton Heston fan, obviously, you know, check it out. Um, he's decent in it. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Charlton Heston, but I mean, I know a lot of people are, so I mean, obviously check it out. It seems like it'd be, you know, something you'd be interested in. So, uh, but I would give the film a five. Um, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's awful either. So it's really the middle ground for me on just about everything. Um, maybe if I was like a huge Charlton Heston fan, I'd rate it higher. Um, but at this point, the only thing that really keeps me interested is I do like a little bit of like the gambling con artist kind of films. Um, and it being a noir, it's got some noir elements and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, um, otherwise it's pretty choppy for me in terms of story. Um, and, and doesn't fully feel like a, a fully realized like world or, or script. Um, for these characters. So it's, there's certain things that just really don't work, but then there's a lot that does work. So five gins out of 10. I whack. (laughs) (laughs) So what you got? Uh, I have give it a six. Six six Carly feet. (laughs) Six Carly feet. Six Carly feet walking on six gins that's a wide couch (laughs) it is oh yeah that still fits (laughs) i really like charlton hessen your last little line is very accurate 
because I do have a soft spot for him. So straight away, anything that he said, yep, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed the first portion of the film. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. I, I really loved everything about it. It was only when it sort of, to me, dust till dawned and changed tack that I thought, oh, I'm losing interest in this fast. It wasn't bad, which is hard because there was nothing necessarily bad about it. It's just that it felt like two different films lodged into one. Or it, do you know what it actually kind of felt like? Um, a six-part TV series that had been pushed together in a film. Could be. So I feel yeah, like if, if there had been more, you know, if we'd have had, if if we'd have had six hours, I feel like it probably would have been absolutely fantastic. And I wonder mm-hmm. if maybe that was originally the thing, and they've had to kind of pick bits and satisfy the studio, and that that's what's come out. Because I, I feel like it, I feel like the the letdown is is that you don't for the for the runtime, you still don't get any real insight or connection with any of the characters, which is what I think that they were trying to overcompensate and do, and that's mm-hmm. why I think it's they've ruined it a little bit in that aspect. I think if they'd have done, go with the darkness, go with the con men, go with the murder aspect, the sort of horror element. That would have been okay. We don't really need to know too much about the characters to accept what's happening. Mm-hmm. But because they've then shifted tact and tried to make us care about the characters and care about this guy being reformed and actually realizing he should change his ways, because that's not developed enough, it still doesn't really make you care at the end. Right. So... I think I think my rating is kind of I appreciate what I think it could be and maybe what they were trying to do and we're a little bit handicapped in being able to do but at the same time it didn't work out so it's it's not something that I watch again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically it deserved its uh missing four gen bottles. Or Carly. Fee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even even as a Charlton Heston fan I w- I would say put that at the bottom of your list perhaps. Yeah. I think yeah. Omega Man and uh, Soylent Green are probably my two favorite. Well, um, what's the um, one where he plays the Mexican guy? Um, oh, Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil. Yeah. I don't know why I can never yeah. remember the name of that movie. That's a really great movie, but not necessarily because of him. It's just a great movie. Um, but uh, okay. So I want to do this thing, Carly, because you're a Heston fan. All right. You got to give me your best Charlton Heston impression and, and do his famous line from Planet of the Apes. Uh, take your stinking paws right. off me, you damn dirty ape. All right. So you got to do that for the but folks at home. You can't see my face. I so can't see your face. To do, how am I supposed to do rest in Charlton bitch face? That's what we're calling it now. <laughs> you how gotta, am I supposed you, to do That's my best impression. It's just me glaring at people going. <laughs> with, with, with passion. Inflection and lack of acting skills. Okay, that's how you do it. I'm pretty sure that's how he did it. <laughs> All right. Or, or you can go with the you maniacs. You blew it up. Damn you. You could do that one. <laughs> Slamming your fists into the table. All right. I, I could probably do me impersonating Charlton Heston as Doctor Evil. No. If if 
you'd like that. That's probably the best I can do. Okay. Okay. I'll take whatever you got. You ready? Set. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) I've I've, I've got to do a little get to be muscles. Hold on. (laughs) Okay. I'm ready. All right. This is for you guys at home. This is Carly Street's impression of Charlton Heston. What is it? Dr. Evil? Like, like we're talking Mike Myers movie. Yeah, so if, was, if Dr. Was he in Evil that? was pretending to be Charlton Heston, then that's what I'm doing. Oh, you know, I see. like when Mickey on the Monkeys did used to do impersonations of James Khan, but it was him pretending to be James. Yeah, a bit like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, here you go. Carly Street doing an impression of Dr. Evil doing an impression of Charlton Heston. And go. You made it! You blow it up, damn you! Yeah. Did you like That's that? I hurt my yeah. hand slapping it. Was- on <laughs> slapping it on your foot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I slapped my own foot. <laughs> Love it. You're welcome. Love it. <laughs> and with that, folks at home, we hope you enjoyed this crazy episode uh, uh, of us talking about Dark City, the 1950 film, not the 98 Proist film. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> Loved your impression, Carly. <laughs> Thank you. I'm expecting voiceover offers to come flooding in. <laughs> so enjoy your Dark City cocktail while you check out Dark City. And until next time. Bye-bye. He's looking at you, kid. Thanks for joining us this week on the Speakeasy Noircast. Make sure to visit our website, resurrectionfilms.net, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcast apps so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out our book, The Dark Side of Acting Up, and The Dark Side of Acting Up Volume 2, now available on Amazon. Or you can check out one of our films, also available on Amazon Prime. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Speakeasy Noircast.